Welcome to All Things Pilates, Season 4. Though we can't know exactly what Joseph Pilates was thinking or feeling towards the end of his life, we do know he wanted the entire world to practice contrology, and that want has certainly become a reality. Hello everyone, I'm Darian Gold, and here on All Things Pilates, we explore the man, the method, and how his genius continues to influence and inspire. Today we have with us a very accomplished Pilates educator. His name is Rael Isakowitz, and his Pilates certification program, BASI, Body, Arts, and Science International, is dedicated to remaining true to art, science, and most importantly, to the teachings of Joseph Pilates. With a reputation for innovation and academic excellence, BASI strives to provide the most comprehensive Pilates education experience and educational resources available. I'm so pleased to have you on the show, Rael. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I'm honored and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Rael, people know you as a leader in the Pilates community, but let's give our listeners a bit of your background. So when and why did you even begin learning Pilates? How did you even hear about it? And was it forever ago? <laughs> no, it was not. And, and, you know, so many people came to Pilates through injuries or uh, some kind of um, path uh, that guided them in that way. And, and it was completely different with me, actually. Uh, I, for years and years, since my uh, early youth, my early teens, I was fascinated by different forms of human movement. Um, I was an, an athlete. Uh, I started as a competitive swimmer when I was very young. And then uh, in my early teens, was fascinated with yoga, dance, tai chi, uh, martial arts, different forms of movement. Uh, later on, I went to college and studied physical education uh, with a focus and emphasis on exercise physiology and biomechanics. And in the late 70s, I was already dancing a lot. Uh, as I say, I was immersed in my studies of the science and the art of human movement. And um, in my exploration of different movement forms, I came upon Pilates. And um, first through the um, uh, Eisen and Friedman book, and uh, later on through the dance studio that I was dancing at the Batdoor Dance uh, School in Tel Aviv, Israel. And they had a Pilates studio there. And uh, I was introduced to it, and I was fascinated by it. But it was certainly not a monogamous relationship from the get-go. <laughs> I was intrigued. I was interested. Uh, 
certainly I wanted to explore more, but, and it was in a sense love at first sight, but not this is what I'm going to commit my life to. It took years before that happened. And uh, it became one of the movement forms that I delved in and started exploring, reading up more, and um, really uh, embarked on, on another adventure. You were practicing the Pilates method in a college setting? No, in a, a dance setting. In a dance school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the Bator Dance School. The Bator Dance Company in Israel was at the time the top dance company. And I had the pleasure of stud- studying at the Bator Dance School, one of the places where I studied dance. And they had a studio at the... Uh, dance school with apparatus with apparatus yep Mm -hmm. and a wonderful colleague of mine uh, Dalia Manfer one of the first in Israel to do Pilates was a good friend of mine from college we were at the same uh, college and um, she was very instrumental in opening my eyes to the method and I, I found it fascinating. I, I would go to the studio and uh, I couldn't afford much at the time, but I would watch some of the top dancers um, doing Pilates. One that always comes to mind is Galina Panov, um, a Russian dancer that was uh, living in Israel and performing with the Bator company, uh, Val- Valerie and Galina, a couple. And um, I I was just fascinated by it. But again, there were many other movement forms that I was involved in at the time, both Eastern and Western, which I, I found that was one of the things about Pilates was that I found that in a way it bridged for me the uh, Eastern and Western forms of movement and disciplines. With all of your movement that you were em- embarking on, was there something different that you were experiencing with the Pilates method that made you go, huh, I have all this other dance training, but I am feeling something different? Well, you know, it seemed to me, and, you know, uh, Darian, all our experiences are so different. And I think uh, we, we bring to it our life experience and, and, uh, and even where we are in our lives at that time. But uh, I was so immersed in exploration and the mind-body exploration. And it was fine for me to be in gyms and doing exercise physiology research and biomechanics research and working out in gyms. But really what I was so attracted to was more the yoga mindset of a mind-body system, Tai Chi, yoga. That was my fascination in my probably mid and late teens. So when I looked at Pilates, it for me brought the physicality of a workout, uh, which, although I studied Ashtanga yoga, which is very physical, but it brought the it brought 
uh, into play apparatus, which was more like a gym setting for me, uh, using resistance, using springs, uh, using load on the body, which as an exercise physiologist, I recognized that for to create change in the musculature, the musculature needed to be overloaded. We couldn't just imagine that there was overload. There needed to be overload. At the same time, I saw a way of bringing the mind and the spirit into the work. And I started reading up about it and later on came upon Joseph Pilates, his own books, where he speaks so much about the duality or in fact the body, mind and spirit, bringing them all together in an integrated way. So that was different. And that's why I felt that it really bridged for me the Eastern and Western thinking. It, it created a, a way of me feeling that I'm working out, but that I also have that deep sense of meditation and integration of body, mind and spirit. And that did feel different. Did you gravitate towards one piece of equipment over another? Well, that really uh, takes takes me many years down the road because, uh, you know, the first piece that I was introduced to was the reformer, as, as many of us were. But the piece that I had my first love affair with was <laughs> the, the wonder chair, for yes. sure. And, and that had so much to do with Kathy Grant, who was the person that really introduced me to the essence of the wonder chair. I hadn't seen a wonder chair in the early years. I can't even remember whether there was one in Israel. And then when I went to London, I, following Israel, I went to London to do my graduate studies uh, in dance and worked in London for many years. And I don't remember seeing a wonder chair in London, uh, definitely. Uh, I don't remember about Tel Aviv, but I had, when I visited New York and I studied brief periods with Romana, I was introduced to the Wonder Chair. So I knew some work on the Wonder Chair, but in 1991, I met Kathy and it was around the Wonder Chair that we met. And I had one of my most profound experiences in my career with Kathy, and it was nothing short of an epiphany for me, a very humbling experience and a difficult one, but an epiphany nevertheless. And I just was absolutely uh, captivated. Say right. more, say more. Well, that's what it was, you know, Darren. It was the beginning of a very long relationship with Kathy and I. A relationship that started as a teacher-student and then more as a mentor-mentee and then evolved into a very deep friendship. And that was over, you know, uh, probably a period of, of close to 20 years. You know, there's no doubt that because of that, my uh, feelings for the Wonder Chair were so deep and Kathy and I spoke many times 
about how do we make this piece of equipment more known? Uh, me on the West Coast, her on the East Coast. Uh, in 1996, I believe it was, I gave her a workshop in the UK, in London, on the Wonder Chair. And people were just fascinated by this piece of equipment. They had studied Pilates for so long, but didn't know that this piece existed. And I have to say, though, that my first experience on it with Kathy was very humbling because I, had, I was an already an accomplished professional. I had been dancing for years. I um, had a master's degree. I, I, I had a degree in the science of human movement, the arts of human movement, and had been doing Pilates for many years. And I got on the wonder chair. I did not know Kathy. And she asked for a volunteer and I foolishly volunteered myself because I was one in the group that knew a little on the chair and she poked and prodded and pushed and, and I'm just looking at her and I'm thinking, what are you doing? And, you know, she was literally figuratively and literally tearing me apart. And uh, she was not a, um, warm and cuddly and fuzzy person. She was quite harsh. And, uh, you know, she said, you're just working from the outside. You're athletic. You can do the work. You're strong, but you're not coming from the right place. And I went back to my hotel that night and I thought about it and I really felt, I mean, I, first of all, I felt like an absolute beginner. But I felt that that night I had to decide either I was going to be prepared to learn to crawl again and walk again and start from the pelvic curl, but look at it from a completely different perspective. Or I must just say, you know, this has been a great 13 years. I loved my 13 years, but I am going to do something else because Pilates deserves something that I don't. I've either got to be fully immersed, 100%. Oh, I'll do it now and again, but I'm going to find a different career path. And I got up the next morning and I decided I'm going to learn to crawl again. And I'll go back and I'm going to work with Kathy and she's going to teach me to see things in a different way because she seemed to have a certain intuition about the body that was almost like she had x-ray vision she knew it was happening before i even knew it was happening in my body and i've always said that i want even beyond x-ray vision i want mri vision i want to see this this process that's happening in a person's body really just when that neuromuscular impulse kicks in and and the person doesn't even know it's yet happening and Kathy, I, I credit that uh, aspiration 100% to Kathy. So I know that's a long answer to a short question of which piece of apparatus <laughs> you, you love, but, but that was my first love affair was absolutely with uh, the Wonder Chair. And Kathy wrote the forward to my book, uh, Pilates. I asked her to write the forward, and, but I didn't know what she was going to write. And I wrote the preface and she didn't know what I was going to write. And we wrote about exactly the same moment and experience of how we met each other from each, each other's own perspective.
And that point, you were you moved to New York City to work with her, or were you already in New York after London? Well, I wasn't living in New York. I actually moved from London to Australia. Uh, I moved actually through the east and traveled through the east for a while and spent time trekking in the Himalayas and eventually landed in Australia, where I was offered a position at a performing arts college as a as a dance teacher and i actually was the director of the modern dance department and one of my conditions for taking the position was uh, that i can introduce pilates mat work to all the students as a compulsory form of conditioning and that i would have a small studio within the college that could serve both the students and others from the outside, uh, athletes, dancers, people of the general public who wanted to come to this tiny little studio in the college. Through a sequence of events, uh, I did come to the States, visited New York. That's where I met Romana. Um, She was your first, she was your first elder. She was my first elder. Yes, she was my first elder. I believe on that same trip, I may have met Ron Fletcher. I can't remember. I know I went to the Fletcher studio, but I believe I met uh, Diane Severino and um, and Michael. But I spoke to Ron on that trip for sure, but I'm not sure whether we met on that first trip I made to the States. And then I, uh, but, but Romana was definitely the first elder that I worked with more intensely and more extensively. And then I went back and forth between Australia and the States several times. And I was invited, I believe in 1990, to perform here in Southern California and set a piece on a, uh, on a faculty at one of the colleges here. And I came out here to do the, to choreograph, perform, and I gave a few talks on Pilates and an orthopedic surgeon who worked extensively with dancers and had a close affiliation with California State University, Long Beach, Cal State Long Beach, uh, subsequently invited me to the States to work closely with him. I'd already gone back to Australia. And so I decided to leave my position in Australia and come out to the States, work with him. And he really specialized in working with dancers and athletes. And I had worked a lot in Australia with dancers and athletes. Uh, Many professional athletes were coming to me at the time in Australia. And it seemed like a very good fit. So I came out and worked with him for a while. How exciting for you. It was very exciting. You know, as, as much as I loved my position in Australia and I love being in Australia, to me, it felt like the epicenter was definitely the United States. (laughs) (laughs) yes so you probably are uh developing already the seed has been planted from your being in australia and running that program 
coming to Southern California and working with an orthopedic surgeon, already having athletes and dancers as your students, it probably made it seem like a, a natural evolution that you would end up having your own program. You didn't probably have to think too hard or too long, correct? Well, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, but I, <laughs> I don't want to fool you or anyone else that there was some grand business plan behind it because there was not. Uh, it took me just to put it in perspective and in context, it took me probably five years of doing Pilates before starting to teach Pilates. And then it took another five years to feel that I can guide students through the process of study. And that actually happened in Australia. I was in Australia. Um, I'd been doing Pilates for about 10 years. And I had a group or several people ask me whether I could teach them. And my first group of students, this was in 1989, were three wonderful women, one a dancer, one a physical therapist, physiotherapist over there, and one an actress. And they were coming to me as clients and they asked, could I teach them? And I felt that what was lacking at that time was a curriculum-based, structured program with a syllabus where people could not just apprentice with me, but go through a process of learning where they would study the science of human movement. They would study anatomy, physiology. They would have a good understanding of the human body. Then we could systematically go through modules of study and look at the different apparatus and this vast repertoire. And in so doing, I developed the a teaching methodology that I call the BASI block system, which is a teaching methodology that everything is based on to this day. All our teaching is based on. So that was the first group I taught in 1989. And a seed was planted. So when I came to the States, there were no training programs out here in Southern California. In fact, I was one of the first, very first, uh, as far as I know, there's only one other studio that opened around the same time as me here in uh, Orange County. And again, people asked whether I would teach them. And the training program was tiny, Darian. It was tiny. It was just the studio started booming. The studio became very busy, um, but only as busy as I could grow because it was just me teaching initially. And then I trained that first group of instructors and they started teaching with me. But the studio was a far bigger business than the training organization. They had two different names. The studio was On Center Conditioning, commonly called On Center. And I remember. the training program was Basti Pilates. And however, the studio remained a, a vibrant studio, but the education company grew and grew and grew. And today spans over 50 countries. 
um, 120 faculty um, and with tens of thousands of students that have gone through our various programs. So, you know, I just pinch myself at that realization. I can imagine. I know that when I went through Romana's program, I had so many questions coming from an advanced gymnastic background first and then a professional dance background. I had lots of questions about anatomy. It wasn't exactly emphasized or encouraged. And that's why whenever I would come back from New York after studying with Romana, I wanted to know more about basically the pelvis and what was going on with the pelvis, whether we were in a posterior tilt or we went to an anterior tilt and what neutral was. Those weren't terms that were used in our program. And I sought after Jean-Claude West, and he was the first one to break things down for me logically and intellectually in a way that I, I didn't get that. I felt like there was a lot missing in in our program, especially being in Los Angeles, there was nothing. (laughs) I can't even remember how I heard about you, but you remember I would come down from Santa Monica. Uh, I remember it well, yeah, very much. I I would always tell people, a number of my students, that taking class with you, uh, private lessons, it was so nice to have someone work with my body who understood my body and knew how to give me very detailed cueing that only only someone that understands the body would know how to bring that into a, a lesson. I'll never forget that, Rael. Thank you. Well, it was a it was an absolute pleasure working with you. And John Claude West is just a, a, a wonderful teacher. Um, I had the pleasure of doing a few sessions with him and uh, just really enlightening. Kathy had tremendous respect for him. And uh, yes, I think the, the, you know, those, the early teachers, uh, the, 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 the elders, that you know, wasn't their focus. Uh, but as we came into studying the body and studying the work, there was just more of a need to break it down in a different way. And um, and curiosity. And curiosity, absolutely. And that same curiosity uh, follows me today. I have that same thirst and uh, for knowledge and and curiosity at, at, you know, when we've done it for so many years, uh, I think it's about 42, certainly over 40 years of practicing and people ask me, you still practice? Of course I still practice. I'm practicing all the time. I'm practicing all the time. Um, one, because it's an integrated part of our life, but also because we discover new things all the time. It is a journey of discovery and our bodies are changing all the time. So, you know, no sooner have we discovered something, we wake up the next day with a different body. And now we need to practice again and see what it feels like in a body that is changing. And at the age of uh, very soon, 67, um, that the changes become more rapid and, you know, we need to accommodate for those changes. Maintenance. 
Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Curious, when you were poked and prodded that first time when you volunteered <laughs> to be on the Wanda chair with Kathy Grant, do you recall when you woke up the next morning, besides being probably really inspired and and humbled, do you remember anything you felt different in your body? Were you sore in a different way because of how she got you to feel the work from the inside out? You know, I, I didn't feel sore, but I definitely felt more aware. And I think she awakened an awareness in me, uh, or certainly a desire to be more aware. And, you know, having spent time with Romana and Kathy and Ron and uh, a limited time with Eve Gentry, um, they were all so different. And yet I loved each one of them for who they were and what they brought to the work. And um, later on meeting Lolita, such a, a wonderful person. But I, I loved what I loved about Romana. And we spent time together both in New York. And then when she'd come out to LA, I would always drive up to see her. Yes. I remember driving up on my motorbike many times. And then I had the pleasure of hosting her once at my studio down here in Newport Beach. I think it was the studio before the one you used to come to. And uh, around 1993, uh, 94, maybe. And I absolutely love the, the kind of workout that it's so dynamic and so athletic. And, and she was just such a bubbly spirit. Uh, with Kathy, it was a completely different type of experience. Kathy was very focused on the precision and the, you know, where it's coming from, how it's happening. Not so much what is happening, but how it's happening. And then, you know, Ron just had this beautiful dancey feel about his work. And, uh, you know, so each and, and Eve seemed like a poet, you know, her, her, she was such a gentle person. And when she spoke to me, it was like poetry in motion. So each one of them so different. Of course, I, I got to know Kathy the best. And uh, another person that had a, a very profound influence on my career, in the, particularly in the earlier years, was Alan Herdman. And uh, such a wonderful teacher, wonderful man, uh, insightful in so many ways. It's fascinating that everyone brought their own experience with Joe and then how they interpreted what they felt within the system. And then that's what they imparted to their students. Exactly. Exactly. That's what is so, it was so fascinating to me. And it also made no sense to me. And uh, I'm probably going out on a limb saying this, but it made no sense to me when people would say there is only one way to do it. Because I had studied with four people who studied with Joseph Pilates. It's the closest I could get. And each one of them was a wonderful teacher. It's not that I could say, oh, well, there was only one good teacher among them. No, they were all such wonderful and brilliant teachers, but they were all, they could not have been more different. And they brought, even if they were doing the same movements, although the way they taught the movements were even quite different, they brought such a different focus 
to the movement, the, the, the path to get there was so different. And it really baffled me and, and continues to why anyone would say that there's only one way. Uh, now, I think we need to treasure and protect the works of Joseph Pilates. I'm particularly fascinated by and interested in protecting the, the, that master level work, the very high level work, and in protecting it, that it doesn't get used just for, you know, entertainment sake. And, and you know, you can hop up and do an advanced move, so now you know Pilates. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, protecting it so that people recognize we must approach it with reverence and with dedication and commitment. So that work is important, but we cannot say that there's only one way because there are four people who, so they all had integrity. They all studied with Joseph Pilates. Probably he gave them different things. And therefore, they walked out with different parts mm -hmm. and different information. Exactly. Well, we can say that now about your system or your interpretation of the work, right? Absolutely. And you have other ideas about the ultimate impact of your program. Can you speak about that? I'd be delighted to. You know, over the years, I've recognized um, I, I had a, another somewhat of an epiphany at a very, uh, it was quite a dramatic moment, actually, where I was teaching in Italy in 2017. We were doing one of our events called Learn from the Leaders, which is essentially a conference where I, we try and bring people together that all can offer a lot and students that can hopefully learn a lot. And uh, we were in a little town called Prato in Italy, gorgeous little village. And uh, there were about a hundred people there. And some of the participants were introducing themselves. And there was a participant, uh, Tali, that I knew, had known for years. She was one of our faculty and I'd known her for probably 15 years at the time, and a student of ours, Sandy, from Lebanon. And as we know, those are neighbors that do not live in a neighborly way. And at one moment, Tali said, everyone was sitting around and she was talking and she said, could I give my sister from Lebanon a hug? And the two of these just incredible women stood in the center and were holding each other and hugging each other. And I, at that moment, I got chills. I had tears running down my face. And I thought, you know, having lived in Israel for so many years, having seen, know, I know the region so well. And I felt Bassi started as being all about movement. And in the process, it became a movement for positive change in the world and that we can bring people together, people from otherwise warring nations, people that are not countries that cannot embrace each other, but people that can embrace each other. And I realized how important 
this Bassey family is. We call it the Bassey family. And I, I grew up with in such a tight knit family and the family culture was permeated every aspect of my life. And I realized how important it is that we provide this environment of acceptance, of embrace, of welcome, of love, of all cultures, of all nationalities, of all people, of all genders, of all, anyone can be within this family and can be valued and respected and regarded with the utmost of dignity. So that then became the mission. It transcends movement. Movement is our vehicle. Pilates is our vehicle. I still believe that much of our focus needs on provide needs to be on providing exceptional materials and exceptional education. Our three principles are passion for what we do, compassion for others, and excellence, excellence in all we do. And our materials that we provide, the, the, the texts, the books, the, um, the online videos, all the materials are great. But what transcends all that is that we need to take care of the well-being, not only of the individual, but of our communities and of our society and of the planet itself. We cannot just focus introspectively on well-being. We need to look at the well-being of the planet and no better time and more important time to do that than now when the planet is being ravaged, as you know, firsthand by so much, by COVID, by war, by struggles, by, no, we need to look beyond our practice. And some people will say, well, stick to Pilates. Don't get into politics. Don't get into social statements. Don't get into anything. Just stick to Pilates. For me, Pilates is about well-being. And to look at well-being only as my own body, mind, and spirit is selfish. I need to look outward. And I believe Joseph Pilates did. He, he wanted to change society. I mean, that's what Joseph Pilates said. He wants it in every school. He wants children to do it. He wants, doesn't want us to look only inside at an exercise program. We need to look outside into society. Beautifully said, Rael. I'm having this image of a woman standing up. And where is she from? The Lebanon, Lebanese woman and then the other woman is South African or Israeli? No, no, Israeli. So one woman that lives in Tel Aviv, Israel, the other that lives in Beirut, Lebanon. But they didn't know each other. No, no. So this just no. happened spontaneously based on what it you were saying. It happened 100% spontaneously. That's what made it so moving. And, and you know, like you, that, that goosebumps moment, that's it. You know, when two women that did not know each other, that came from two uh, countries that are not at peace with each other ever and meet in Italy and can hug each other 
and study together and laugh together and go and break bread together and have dinners together. And you know what? Still stay in touch almost every day today together. They can't visit each other, but they can speak to each other. And they still, to this day, uh, care so much about each other. And I love both of them. They, they are both just wonderful teachers and continue to uh, do brilliant work. How else do you get the message out in terms of Joe's mission and vision about health on the planet from children to people in their hundreds? How do we, how do we continue to share our passion, just like you're saying, not just for our own individual strength building, but how do we give of ourselves in a way that can help change the whole vibration on the planet? Because we're at such a, they always say we're at a tipping point, but just like you in our, in our pre-interview, you talked about how ugly things are and how do we erase that ugliness in a way that everyone hears your message? You know, I, I, it's such a great question, and I ponder that all the time. You know, the great Nelson Mandela, uh, one of the enlightened humans that uh, has graced this planet, uh, would speak about education and how powerful education is, what a powerful weapon education is. And it is. We can change the world with education. And... We need to educate. We educate through Pilates. That's our, that's our vehicle. Uh, it took me a long time to commit my whole life to Pilates. Uh, you know, it was a transition over uh, probably 20 years. But once I committed myself to Pilates, that, that's the vehicle. I don't judge any other vehicles. That's, that's the, the vehicle, the discipline that I chose. But I... One, I don't think we can minimize the importance of changing one life. Because you change one life, you change your world. And so us as teachers, first of all, we need to ourselves live in a way that is positive and sends out positive vibrations. But as teachers, we impact others be it our clients, be it students. And if we impact one other person, we've already changed a world, we've changed a life. But the fact is, Darian, we impact many lives. It is, it is such a gift that we can do that. We touch many lives. And it goes out like a ripple. It's a ripple effect. That's what it is. It's a ripple effect. And if we send out ripples of positive energy, positive vibes, positive thoughts, positive, healthy movement. We are impacting the world. We cannot minimize it. At the same time, we must recognize the magnitude of our mission, which is huge. The world has, in my opinion, you know, I, look, I'm not going through the many, many uh, years of human history, but we are at a low point. There is no doubt. I don't want to say it's the lowest or it's the sickest, but we are at a low point. 
and we need to try and elevate the planet. I mean, look at look at what is happening just in the last 48 hours in Ukraine, and and you know uh, we've you know we've got uh, Bassi Pilates Academy Kiev, and I I just uh, you know I I'm 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 so worried for these people. They 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 fly our flag proudly in Kiev. At the same time, we also have in throughout Russia. And I want us to recognize that we are a global family. We, we need to care about each other. You know, even if just like Tali and Sandy, Israel, Lebanon, they've also been at war, but they could hug. And we need to hug. We need to embrace. We need to put our arms around the world like so many of us during COVID, I taught so much online. And in the beginning, I, I was nervous uh, to, should we take education online? Can you take education online? Is it too much of a compromise? And, and I think there are compromises. There, there's clearly not the human touch, that there's nothing that can replace human touch. But there is something very powerful about it. There is something that gives me the feeling when I'm on and, you know, there may be uh, 100, 150 or a smaller group, maybe 20, 40, all different time zones. Some of them are starting at midnight and ending at seven in the morning in Asia. Some are in, you know, going from late afternoon to uh, midnight or one in the morning, and yet we're all connected at that same moment. To me, it feels like we are putting our arms around the world at that moment because we are all connected. We are all in different locations around the globe, and yet in that moment, at that time, we are all completely connected energetically. I find that extremely powerful. And I think that we cannot lose sight. Uh, we cannot lose hope. We need to keep this vision alive of a positive um, planet, of a healthy planet. It goes with what you were saying, that this is beyond the repertoire. Yes. Even though the repertoire is. is vital, the fact that we can have students from all over the globe that we're teaching them our interpretation of the work, but we're giving them our energy and our positiveness. Just like you're saying, touching one person in Germany, touching one person in South Korea, and how that energy, just like you said, a ripple effect. <clears throat> Rael, if those listening want to join your family, because it sounds awfully lovely, how best to make that happen i i would start by um contacting us through our website bassipilates.com um coming to visit our academy here if they if they're in the united states in southern california bassi pilates academy usa.com um, bassi pilates academy usa.com and you know, reading up, reading up, I, I think it's so important that when you devote yourself 
to studying with anyone or with any particular school. You educate yourself. You look into the background, see if, see if the approach, if the philosophy resonates with you. It's not going to resonate with everyone. I also think, uh, I proudly say that my book Pilates uh, is coming out in its third edition in April. Uh, so I know it's already being pre-sold on Amazon and through Human Kinetics. Wonderful. Um, and it's the third edition and um, Pilates Anatomy. Well, Pilates Anatomy is uh, that I happen to actually have them here. Someone off. I have to. I have your coffee. <laughs> so, so that's Pilates Anatomy and uh, is with Karen Klippinger, my dear friend and colleague. And then Pilates is one that I wrote myself. And that's the one that uh, Kathy did the um, uh, forward for. And it's coming out in its third edition now. And, you know, they've sold together about, I think, 250,000 copies Wonderful. and uh, been translated into together about 17 languages. And I just, you know, those books have been such a gift to me. Hard work, there's no doubt about it. Incredibly hard work. And I don't think there will be another edition. But uh, nevertheless, just the feeling that so many people hold a piece of me in their homes and that in some way I'm connected to all these people. Uh, it is it's beyond it you. Awesome. It's beyond it, you it as is. a person. Yeah, definitely. It is way beyond me and uh, very much. So I'm so pleased you said that, actually. It, that is a point I want to reiterate, that Bassey is it's not, it started with me. It is so far beyond me. As are my books, even though I wrote them, they, are, they have transcended one person. They are so much bigger. And I actually uh, derive tremendous pleasure from stepping back and not being, hopefully not being so involved and seeing the generations of teachers, the generations that I have taught and that those that I taught have taught, seeing them all coming up, taking over, and uh, ensuring the that we continue this legacy in perpetuity. And I, my legacy program, which is a, a four-part program, the mentor, master one, master two, and honors. And it takes a long time to complete that whole process. But it's a, you know, it's a people get this folder which uh, is compiled of over 500 pages of movements and exercises. On each page, there are two uh, exercises. So you can imagine the body of work that is involved there. And now I'm, for the first time, preparing my legacy faculty. These faculty, uh, just a select few, a handful of teachers around the globe that will now start until now it's only been carry the torch and carry the torch exactly and i love that i don't feel 
saddened by that. I fear I rejoice in that. That you've uh, done your work. Legacy, you've done your work. I've done my work exactly. The exactly well said. I've done my work, and um, I I just they they are better than I ever was, and they do it the work so beautifully, and I love seeing them doing the work. And the other day I was uh, doing a just a session with a group of uh, students, faculty, and those preparing to be faculty in Japan. And I looked at all these different centers throughout Japan and all of them working so hard and trying to be so true to the work and so precise as is my approach. And I thought, what a wonderful sight to see all these young, excited people on the other side of the globe practicing so hard. I, I'm just so inspired by it all. And that's the greatest gift to you because of what you've put forward. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. That is my ultimate reward. Rael, I would love for you to come back. I feel like we could keep talking and talking. (laughs) (laughs) We could. Thank you so much for your time. And once again, those who want to reach out to you, the easiest way would be bazzyinternational.com? Bazzypilates.com. Bazzypilates.com. And for those, I will just add, for those that are in the UK, I will be in London in um, end of April, early May. We're having a huge event there. And then I'll be in South Korea in uh, June or July. And so whether you're in Europe, come to London. If you're in Asia, come to Seoul. And if you're around here in the United States, come visit us in California. Wonderful. Thank you, Rael. Thank you so much, Darren. It's been an absolute pleasure. All Things Pilates is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Mastered audio mix by Fabian Romero. Theme music, Soul Blue Piano Shuffle by Boom Zoom. There is a piece of sage advice which I have posted on my refrigerator. It's by Scott Peck in his book, The Road Less Traveled. The truth is that our finest moments are the most likely to occur when we are feeling deeply uncomfortable, unhappy, or unfulfilled. For it is only in such moments propelled by our discomfort that we are likely to step out of our ruts and start searching for deeper ways to truer answers. So just maybe if we do find our deeper truth, we'll be more able to give of ourselves for a greater good. As always, I remain in awe of Joe's work, and I look forward to being with you in a couple of weeks for another episode of All Things Pilates.